Hello and welcome to episode number 35 of the Excellency Fiddlesticks podcast. I know it's been a while, but I know also you don't want to hear my excuses for not putting a show on in six, eight months. I don't really feel like giving any excuses, so let's just move on, shall we? So many things going on. So many things have happened since the last show. A lot to talk about, but before we get into that, first things first. You want to help the show? You like the show? Number one, a couple things you can do. Number one, tell a friend. Share it. Tell your friends. Share the link. Let them know um, you've heard a show that you think they might be interested in, and let them know where it is, how to find it. Pretty easy to find. iTunes, for one. Uh, my site's another one. And hey, while you're at my site, which is jtbishop.blogspot.com, while you're there and you want to go do some shopping, click the Amazon banner. From there, you'll be directed to amazon.com. Then you do whatever the hell you want there. Shop, buy your stuff, do whatever you need to do. And when you do that, a tiny, tiny portion... Nothing. You don't get a discount, unfortunately. But a tiny portion of the money you spend uh, is directed toward my site. And I can help me buy things, like a new microphone, or some new software, or some new crap to listen to. Anything. Anyway, um, that's all the whoring for now. Whoring aside. Get right into it. Now, I watched a video. A video came out in October. Um, and it went viral. It was about it was a, a woman who was um, being subjected to catcalls. And what she had done, she put it on YouTube... She had somebody filming her sight unseen, uh, walking in front of her. And she was walking through what I think is New York, or any, doesn't really matter, it was, just, it was a major city. And she wasn't dressed that provocatively. She had on a pair of jeans, um, and maybe a v-neck top, whatever. And she started walking through the streets for about, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes, hour, whatever it was. And they just recorded the things people said to her. And when I say people, I mean mostly men. And she attracted a lot of attention. And it was sort of eye-opening in the fact that if you've ever seen this, that a lot of guys would just talk to her. And some of them were very nice. Some of them would say things like, hey, how you doing? Have a nice day. But you get the feeling that if that was me walking down the street or any other guy, they wouldn't have paid her any, uh, me any mind. Um, so she got a lot of unwanted attention. One guy actually walked next to her for a good five minutes, which maybe at some level might have seemed somewhat charming, but got super creepy and weird fairly quickly. Um, nobody did anything. Nobody tried to touch her, at least as far as the video showed. But um, they said they left out a lot of things like hoots and catcalls and whistles and smoochy sounds and such, all that stuff. And it came to light... Uh, I saw a real-world example of this uh, a few weeks later. I happened to be um, in, with somebody who was... Um, doing a job which is more of a male-oriented job, let's say. I don't want to give away too much, but um, in an area where there's a lot of people doing this job who are mostly men, older men, maybe I said the average age of the um, person doing this job is a 50-ish guy, right? So she's doing this job and she's totally not a 50-ish guy. She's more a 25-ish young lady. Um, fairly attractive. And that probably wouldn't even matter in this case. And we got to talking, and she had said to um, one of the guys who was sort of directing the traffic in the area, and she said, I had to report that guy to his supervisor. I'm like, what was that all about? And basically, she said he had done some of the things that the one in the video had seen, where she, he was making, um, he put the, the fingers to the ear, do the call me gesture, maybe do a couple of smooches, and it's super creepy and disgusting. And she said there were other, other people in the vicinity who had done the same thing. And it, between that and the video, I have to ask the question to the guys out there who do this stuff. What's your batting average in a situation? Does it work? I can't imagine 
that this sort of thing actually gets results. And when I be results, I mean you actually get even something like a phone number or even a decent conversation with this with this woman. I can't imagine it works for you. And it begs the question, if it's not working, why keep doing it? And if it is working, then I guess you deserve that's the kind of woman who would who would go with you based on that. I guess you deserve what you get. But I, it just it boggles the mind. And I, like I said, I, I don't think most of us guys have any idea what that's like. Um, by contrast, I think if a guy got that kind of attention, you'd be like, yeah, cool, bring it. But um, speaking of shitty male behavior, Bill Cosby, what the fuck? What is going on with this? Uh, as, as you obviously know by now, if, you, if you've followed the news, um, tons of allegations coming out against Bill Cosby that he is drugging and raping, drugging, drugging and raping women over a long, long time. Uh, pretty serious allegations, right? This is something you don't really toss around lightly. Now, I know that more and more women have come out of the woodwork. There's been at least, um, I guess, at this count, maybe upwards of 20, maybe more. And I think the tendency could be to, um, when a lot of things start, allegations start coming out and, and one after the other, one after the other, there might be a, a tendency for somebody to try and hop on who say, I want to like, get a piece of some of this action if there is any action, because maybe, you know, 1972, you had sex with Bill Cosby, and you could probably parlay that into something else. I don't know how that works. But what I do know, um, that one or two allegations, you could fight it. But with, there's this much smoke going on, there's got to be some fire here. Uh, and the, the key thing to me, nobody seems to be defending him. Now, he's, here's a guy who's worked in the industry for 50-plus years. Uh, probably made a ton of friends over that time. And I don't see anybody going to bat for him. And that's 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 sort of a tell to me. That where were these people? Why aren't they coming to bat for him? Why aren't they saying, "I know I've known Bill since 1963. This is outrageous. I would never think he would do this." But clearly, there's something going on here. Um, again, I'm no lawyer, but I've I've seen a lot of these things coming out. And these women have what reason do these women have now to come forward? Because the statute of limitations has run out in many cases. They're not going to get anything monetarily. They're just looking to maybe for a little bit of peace. And this strikes me particularly, um, not painful, but it, it's sort of a bummer because as a kid, he's one of the comedians who I grew up admiring because, you know, back in the era of the comedy album, where it really was at its peak in the 60s and 70s, everybody seemed to have a, one or at least one Cosby album in the house. I know we had several. And I used to listen to those things constantly. I would know their routines verbatim. In fact, my first and probably my only experience as a stand-up comic was when I was in elementary school, um, the teacher on more than one occasion let me sit in front of the class and do stand-up. And what I did, I did Cosby, I did his Noah routine, I did his routine about uh, mothers and colds, there's several routines from from his 60s records um, I was able to do, and, and you know, because they were funny, and they were clean, and kids liked it, and it was funny. And uh, ironically, one of those albums uh, it contained the Spanish Fly routine, which, if you listen to it now, in light of all this other allegations, is sort of disgusting. But uh, I don't know what to make of this. Um, you know, clearly there's something going on here. I don't know what's, what the future holds, if he's going to fight this or what. He's been pretty quiet about it for a while. Um, no matter what happens, there aren't any winners here. I mean, everybody looks really disgusting, and it's gross. And uh, just, it's it's one thing to be a... It's one thing to be a rapist, okay? And that's, that's horrible, all right? But the drugging women and then having sex with them uh, that's like just a notch above necrophilia in my eyes. What are you What are you trying to get at? I mean, it's like you know, 
get a dollar something, Bill. Jesus Christ. I mean, what the, what are you doing here? So I just hope that the truth comes out and uh, these people get some peace and that justice is served. But uh, it's really a bummer way to start the show. So let's let's get into some better things here. Uh, enjoy the show. Thanks. You know, a lot of people in this country and other countries, the world actually, you might say, um, have religion, right? A lot of people have it. Um, there's so many different kinds of religions, I don't think you could, you could name them all. There's got to be literally thousands upon thousands of different religions, some variations of the same thing, like there's a hundred flavors of Christianity or different flavors of, of Muslim, whatever. The point is, a lot of people on this planet uh, depend on religion for whatever, for guidance, for uh, comfort, whatever, what have you. But of all the religions out there, there's so many, like I said, there's hundreds and hundreds of thousands, they all have some, kind of the same some basic precepts amongst the, them all, which are consistent, right? What are they? What do they all have in common? Well, odds are, in your religion, there is someone or something deemed to be the supreme being, the god, if you will. Uh, they hold different names, God, Yahweh, Allah, Flying Spaghetti Monster, whatever it is, there is a Supreme Being. We can all agree on that. And also, in each one of those religions that have said Supreme Being, the general consensus is that the Supreme Being is perfect. Perfection. Nothing wrong with them. Created everything, does everything, knows everything, sees everything, which is a little creepy. But he, he in most cases, it's a he, it, whatever the entity is, it is perfection. You can't uh, improve upon it. It's been here since before time. It'll be here when time's over. Always eternal. Always perfect. Um, has a plan. Some say he has a plan for you. And his plan is perfect. So you can't question it, right? You have a question it, then obviously you just it's too much for you to understand. He has a plan, but it's so beyond your capacity to think that to question it is just is folly. Why even bother? You'll get the answer at some point. So... On a side note, if he has a perfect plan, why would you pray to him? To get him to change his mind? I don't understand. Um, Third thing. Alright, we have supreme being, perfect supreme being, knows all, sees all, does all, yada, yada, yada. Third thing. Afterlife. There's some place better than where you are right now. This is is shit. You're in in the shithole right now. You're going someplace so much better, provided you take care of business here on Earth. Now, taking care of business on Earth can take up wildly different meanings for various people. Uh, you know, some say, hey, if you fly a plane into a building, that's taking care of business on Earth. Others, maybe don't be such a shithead to people. Again, a lot of range on the taking care of your earthly business. But the point is, if you do all that, if you do things correctly while you're here, in this tiny speck of time that you're on this planet Earth, um, you get to enjoy an afterlife. And the afterlife is called it's called heaven in most cases or some equivalent because it's it's awesome it is amazing you uh have everything you want in some cases you get to sleep with a bunch of virgins which i get what how, what do the virgins in heaven think of that they were like this is this is not heaven for me to have some swarthy middle eastern guy uh, me lining up with 71 of my my sister brethren and this guy has, gets to nail every, every one of us that's not heaven for him obviously that heaven was probably created by a man um or in a more maybe traditional version of heaven, it's it's a wonderful place where everything is peaceful and calm, and there's truth and there's light, and you get to figure out what the plan was, 
The plan will be revealed to you. You're like, God, I was so stupid. How did I not know this? This makes so much sense now. And unfortunately, I had to die to find it out. But you know what? I don't care. I'm so much better off here. This is friggin' amazing. And as if that's not enough of a selling point, all the dead relatives, all the dead people you ever knew, they're all there too. You can hang out with them, provided they took care of their business and they're not in some other, maybe a bad place. Some religions have bad places. Or maybe places like a holding room, a waiting room, until you're, you know, you're good. You're not good enough to get here, but, you know, you could serve five years over there in the waiting room. Then we'll let you in. The point is, you'll see everybody. It's, It's a wonderful thing. And that's why a lot of religions look at death upon as not a bad thing. It's something we don't understand, but it's the next level. It's a great thing. It's the next step. When you move on, you get to find out what's going on. You know the plan. You see God, Yahweh, Jesus, whomever... And you see all your dead relatives, friends, pets. Hopefully pets. God, I really hope pets are there, if, they, if it does exist, because that would suck. Anything you miss is there. So knowing all that, um, if you're a super devout person, you know, you're on board with all three of those things. Now, a lot of people pick and choose what they like to see from religion and say they still quote-unquote follow it, but if you're a super devout person, in this case, I'm going to talk about a woman in Canada who's a uh, devout Christian, you would... Have all three of those things on your checkbox, right? Those things are all great. Uh, supreme being, perfect plan. Now, again, your pl- the plan may involve you getting hit in the head with a pickaxe at age 14 and, and, you know, and never waking up, or it may involve you living to 117 and slowly decomposing in front of your relatives. Either way, that's the plan. The plan is perfect, created by the perfect guy thing, entity. You can't challenge it. You can't question it. And you'll find out what it is when you die when, presto, you're in paradise with all your deceased friends. So we got those three things, right? Well, it's important to know that this devoutly religious person, she's in Hamilton, Ontario. Now, I, for the life of me, I thought this was going to be Florida because this sounded like a Florida story. Um, but it's Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, our lovely, kind neighbors to the north. Uh, a woman named Kayling Wald. Now, again, devoutly religious. So, again, thinking she believes all these things that we just laid out. It, it, it Maybe not to the letter that I described them. But close enough. She this is she's on board with all this stuff uh, until something went wrong. Uh, turns out her husband died. Her husband died at home, right? Which sucks, right? I mean, it's it's a situation I hope no one I know or or myself has ever have to be confronted with. Uh, having a loved one die inside your home, terrible. But you have several options if this happens. To, if this happens, right? What are your options? Um, one, there's a period of, of whatever, oh my god, this this is terrible, but at some point your responsibility kicks in and you would call someone, someone in authority, maybe a cop, maybe a 911, something. You'd make some kind of call. No, not Kaling. Kaling was like, I believe in God, blah, 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 the plan, the list, but this time I'm calling bullshit on this one. So it's funny, that I don't know what else, went, everything else went wrong in her life. She has five children, ages 11 to 22 in, in that range. Um, so she's, you know, she's, she's had a lot of things going on. She has seven, seven housemates plus her children. Boy, this sounds like a friggin' old woman who lived in a shoe. But instead of accepting that death as the next, as the next stage for her husband, who by all accounts, everything, everything she's laid out, he's in a much better place now. He's seeing grandma or whoever that we know in his family who's deceased. He's seeing them. He's probably having a beer with Jesus right now, you know, checking out some football game or something, doing whatever he likes up there, because it's paradise. Not good enough. Kayling's like, you know what? I, I agree with all the other things, but in this case, 
I know you're perfect, God, but in this case, you screwed up. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're, we're not gonna let this stand. I'm gonna do something about this. Well, what do you do? First thing you don't do is call the authorities. So she calls no one. Uh, she left her her husband's body in the bedroom. And I can imagine, you know, a day or two. Okay, maybe you know things are getting kind of weird. After a couple of weeks, I can imagine it's starting to get a little gamey in there. I don't know how much how much Febreze you can actually invest in and buy to, to keep the house fresh, but the house has got to start stinking pretty bad. Try six months. Six months before anyone knew this body was in there, other than the people who lived in the house. And what did she decide to do? She decided to not call the cops, not do anything, maybe freshen up the room. Um, she decided to just... She was convinced, she was so convinced, that he was going to come back from the dead. That she just kept praying for that. And her and the people who lived in the house, the, the children and whoever else, they have these other housemates, all prayed daily for resurrection. So I'm thinking it might have gone something like, you know, dear God, whatever... Um, I know this, you know, your plan is perfect and everything, but this is wrong. You screwed this one up. And uh, if I have to, I'll go around you. I'll go through your son because your son has a little experience raising dead people, right? He brought Lazarus back for what? What did Lazarus do? He brought him back. And then he brought himself back after three days. Or maybe you brought him back. But either way, Jesus has some has some, uh, some experience here. So I may have to go around him and go to you. But uh, she believed that, the, that if she kept praying, God would cure him. All right? Um, it's it's a little side note, which probably explains a lot also. Uh, her husband was uh, diabetic, right? So he had a diabetes, he had problems. Uh, he re- refused to seek treatment. So he was in the same boat as these people in regards of uh, maybe doing something to take care of yourself while you're here. Diabetic, refused to seek treatment, and his foot became infected. And he prayed for God to cure him of his foot problem with, di- with diabetes. Newsflash, that didn't work either, and he died. So this could have all been prevented. That, that's the sad part. Um... What she did, I mentioned Febreze earlier, she locked the door to keep the children out, which, okay, that's that's one tiny check mark on the plus column. Uh, duct taped the door seams and vents throughout the house to keep the smell out. How good a job did that really do? I can't imagine it was it was completely, I mean, bottom line, there's a dead guy in the room and it's been six months and it, it's, it's, oh, it's got to be horrific. Uh, and as another step as to show where these people are at, uh, the only reason anybody found out about this, now they didn't tell anybody. They only told the people in their house. I gotta imagine somebody's wondering, hey, you know, what happened to Bob? I haven't seen, or hasn't Peter? Where's, I haven't seen Peter in a while. Let me know where he is. Nah, he's resting. He's fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, authorities showed up because they came to them to evict them from their place of dwelling because they hadn't, uh, they defaulted on their mortgage. So, again, they stopped making mortgage payments, which they should have prayed for mortgage relief. I mean, what the hell? You're praying for everything. You got them them on the line trying to do something big. Hey, while you're at it, while you're raising that guy from the dead here, if you you didn't cure his diabetes, we let that go. But Jesus, can you you cure him? And how about taking care of the mortgage while you're at it? Uh, The sheriff showed up, and he discovered a body present on a bed, quote, in a state of decomposition and mummification. Uh, The body was covered with blankets, had a toque, which is a hat if you're not Canadian, on the head, and the feet were observed sticking out from the blankets. The left foot, which is the infected one, was wrapped up in gauze. Uh, wow. So, uh, suffice to say, this woman, she received a suspended sentence. Um, she was facing criminal criminal charges of neglect of duty regarding a dead body. That This is a crime. This is something, you can't just do this. Regardless of your religious belief, you can't do this, right? Uh, she should have had up to five years in jail. They later withdrew those charges and replaced it with a charge under the Coroner's Act, which she got a suspended sentence and 18 months of probation with counseling. Now, 
if she's this devout, now obviously she wavered a little bit when something was challenged, somebody challenged her, uh, the whole dead body thing. Counseling's not going to do shit. This woman should not be allowed to uh, interact with humans. I mean, she has children. This is crazy. This And they had police interviewed two of the children and a few of the roommates, which, again, in this romper room house, and they said they all believed Peter would be resurrected. Well, of course they did. But that doesn't make it any any better. Uh, this is crazy. This woman should be locked. You know, we would normally, in a civilized world, we'd lock these people away. I mean, lock them away in, in not just jail. Uh, jail is not going to work here. I think she needs to go to, like, a nut house. Because this is crazy. Now, there are millions of people. I'm not slamming religion. There are millions of people on this planet who follow religion and are devout who wouldn't do a stupid thing like this. And at some point, you have to... I mean, the thing that gets me, if you're on the fence, talk to somebody in your church. I'm sure if you spoke to anybody, if she spoke to any person, uh, any religious person, be it a clergyman of some... I don't even know what, what denomination she is, but if she spoke to somebody... The, the pastor, the reverend, the priest would have said, look, I, I, I appreciate what you're doing. I understand. You know, I'm on board with you. But you got to get the body out of the house because, uh, you know, if he comes back, what kind of shape is he going to be in? He's going to be like the, it's gonna be like the Walking Dead over here. He's going to be a, a mummified zombie with uh, six months worth of de- decomposition. He's going to be pretty gnarly. But she should have contacted somebody. Uh, this is – when people have a problem with religion um, – this is one of the reasons they point to with it. But again, like I said, there are millions of people who, are, who can be spiritual and religious and would not be this batshit insane. But um, Kaylingwald, I hope you get better. I hope you get help because, uh, and I hope to whomever, Yahweh, Flying Spaghetti Monster, Allah, God, whomever, that those kids uh, are taken away from you as well because you, you shouldn't be in charge of them. Um, they, by the sound of things, they're living in some isolated tube. Uh, they need to get out and see the world a little bit. And uh, maybe... If one of them passes away, they'll do the right thing in the future. But wow. What else happened? Along the way? Oh, I know. Uh, um, Paper Magazine, which is kind of a stupid name for a magazine, and I will admit it's a magazine I had never heard of. Because honestly, who the hell reads magazines anymore? Not me. But Paper Magazine in, in uh, November decided, uh, made a big splash by saying they were going to quote-unquote break the internet. How does one break the internet? Well, uh, they take somebody who's very famous, uh, in this case Kim Kardashian. Now, we know she's famous for nothing. She's famous for having a ginormous butt. Um, you know, big ass, yeah. And she's famous, and you know, she made her presence by having sex on camera with uh, Ray J and blah, blah, blah. And her father was one of the OJ lawyers, which again, in... If you'd have told me in 19... Uh, whatever, that if in the future we heard the name Kardashian, we weren't thinking of the skunk-haired lawyer who was OJ's quote-unquote friend, uh, I would have thought you were crazy, but here we are. So they're going to break the internet. How are they going to break the internet? By they're going to have uh, Kim pose for a photo shoot in which she um, highlights her ginormous booty, right? So she's dressed up in a nice black gown. She's got a champagne cork popping over her head and the glasses balanced on her ass and it's landed in there. Then, of course, she has the one picture where she... Bears her ass to the world, and it's it's big. I'll give you that. It's 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 friggin' big. And then she actually does a full frontal too, um, proving once again that that she's becoming famous just because without the booty and, and the whatever, nobody would really give a shit who this person is. I mean, I know they have a perfume line and they do some other things, whatever they have the TV shows, but all that is a byproduct of the booty, right? So I looked at the pictures, um, and they're, they're what you expect. I mean, it, it's it's 2014. Who hasn't seen? 
who hasn't seen this woman's ass before? Pretty much everybody already has, right? So they had to go about it and, and portraying it in a certain way where it would maybe generate some buzz. And mission accomplished. They got a lot of buzz here. I'm not sure a lot of people bought the magazine because you can go to their website and see all these pictures right online without dropping a dime. But the one thing I noticed about the pictures, uh, especially the, the most famous one, the one where she's got her back to the camera and she's draping the uh, dress garment down just to reveal her, her ginormous cheeks, is that everything's oiled up, right? Everything's got this sheen of oil on it, which I guess is, you know, for whatever artistic reasons or whatever for the purpose of the picture, uh, she's oiled down, right? She's got covered in oil, front and back. Uh, so it just occurred to me that during this that it's somebody's job at a photo shoot. Now, I've watched America's Next Top Model. I know how photo shoots work. You know, There's a lot of people involved. There's a lot of assistants involved. There's more than just the person who's taking the picture and the person posing for the picture. There's a ton of people there. Somebody's job on this photo shoot in particular, was to be the, the oiler in charge. Maybe one, maybe a team of people, given the size of this woman's ass. Uh, but somebody had to get his hands, his or her hands, uh, nice and, you know, dip them in that whatever, and spend a good amount of time getting that perfect greasy sheen on her ginormous orbs, right? So I'm imagining, is there a lot of trial and error in this? Is the guy working on it? He says, I'm done. And he goes, you call that an oiled ass? You Look at that. I see dry spots everywhere. I don't see enough shine. Get your hands back in there. Get that ass re-oiled up and get on it right stat. And look at the, you got you got to get the shoulders and the back. you got to get a, I want to I wanna be able to see myself reflected in the shine that emanates off this woman's ass when I hit click that camera. Now, come on. We're here. We only, we only got another two hours. Let's go. And so the assistant usually goes in and oils up his ass. I imagine the assistant would have to be, uh, it would have to be either a, a woman or, or, a, or a gay man, right? I can't imagine a heterosexual guy would be able to do this job and not... I mean, look, if you're a red-blooded American heterosexual man and you've got your hands oiled up and you're rubbing this one of the most famous asses on the planet right now, uh, I can't imagine you want to just maybe take care of other business while you're there. So um, so that's one of the jobs. You know, Norm MacDonald always said that the worst job in the world was crack whore. And the assistant job, uh, the worst job, the second worst job was assistant crack work. I got to imagine, photo shoot butt oiler uh, is not high in the list of jobs. Now, hopefully, maybe this person who does this has several other jobs as well. Um, suffice to say, they didn't break the internet. They did make a little bit of a splash. Um, anything, anything this woman does now becomes um, becomes news, which says probably too much about about our culture. Um, that what she does is newsworthy, but. Here we are, right? I mean, um, most people can't name, you know, 35 of 50 state capitals or name their, their senators in, in their, or a couple of state representatives. But they can identify, if you showed them just that ass, they'd know whose ass that was. Uh, America. There we are, ladies and gentlemen. Time for a new feature. Now, I love doing features on this show. One of the things, one of the features of the features on this show is that we do them and we very rarely circle back and do them again. But uh, I don't care. I like having a new feature because what's more exciting than a new feature? And this one is a great one. You know, I love, I love America. I'm a proud American. I, I was born in this country. I'm probably going to die in this country. Uh, I love the USA. There's plenty of things that are, that are wrong with it that we'd like to change. Um, but we have the freedom to say, that sucks. I hate this, blah, blah, blah. And that's what makes America great. If I tried to say something in North Korea about Dear Leader, I'd probably get shot. So here I can say whatever I want. Like I said, love America. Why do America? Because we do shit big. We don't. No one in America is happy with the status quo, right? And those that are never get anywhere. 
We see something, we say, I can do better. I can make it bigger. I can make it stronger, faster, whatever. Six million dollar man, he's American. Why? Because we knew we could do better. We could make him bigger, stronger, faster. So this is the feature I like to call... That's right. Fuck yeah. And the first thing that I've stumbled upon to put in this feature is a beauty. Now, I love fast food. As you've probably heard in this show before, I've waxed philosophic about the Egg McMuffin and the Dorito Locos Tacos, two amazing fast food items which I've eaten on many occasions. But a new franchise showed up um, a while back in a, in a town nearby. I'd seen one before, but I never actually went in one. And it's called Wayback Burgers. Like, oh, now, I like Five Guys. I've been to Five Guys several times. I really enjoy their burgers. They have a... They, they taste... Um, they don't taste fast food e. You know, they taste really good. Wayback is very similar to that. Uh, the first time I go, I said I knew I was going to do well. They got a ton of milkshakes. They got a ton of good size. They have Irish nachos, onion rings, chicken tenders, whatever. And I'm looking at the burgers, they have some really cool looking burgers on there. And I just, you know, the signature burger's got two patties on it already. Already, it's already bigger than your average burger because they got to put two on there. Why do? Why have one when I can have two? Duh. And I'm going through the menu, and I picked what I wanted. You know, I I got like a bacon burger, or something, whatever. And it was I was very happy with. it. I was very satisfied. Everything went well. I, I endorse this place. I, I say it's good. If you see one and opens up an area, try it. But why did they make this feature? I'll tell you why. The last item on their burger list. It's it nothing special. It's just another item. It's called a triple triple burger. I'm like, okay, triple means three. So three burgers? I'm down with that. Burger King tried this a few years back. They came out with a single, double, a triple. Then they had a four. They called it a quad. They had a four burger. I don't think they have that anymore. I think they probably took a lot of shit from uh, probably the American Medical Association for starters. But um, don't see it around anymore. But signature burger here at Wayback, a triple, triple. And you read, you read the fine print. It's nine patties, nine slices of American cheese, oh, and lettuce and tomato, as if that makes a difference. If you go to their website, waybackburgers.com, you have to see they have a picture of this thing. It looks like uh, a cow was slaughtered and just dumped on your table. It's amazing. Nine patties, nine pieces of cheese. Okay, A human mouth is not going to be able to get around this thing. Okay, There's no way it can happen. But who cares? You attack this thing. Why? Because you're an American. You can do it. We can do it in America. You don't see... Yeah, some, once in a while I see some piddly-ass pub in England create some big heart attack special. P- pshaw. Look at this fucking thing. Triple, triple. Nine burgers. Nine pieces of cheese. Six bajillion calories. And the best part is that the people have contests about eating this thing. And a woman, a small woman, mind you, not some large one, which begs the question, how come people who are extremely huge never seem to do well in those eating contests? Hot dog eating contest, little guy weighs 130 pounds soaking wet, puts down 60 of them. Go figure. Meanwhile, they have a 400-pound guy in the corner who, we're told, who ends up eating 20 hot dogs. But he qualified for that tournament because he somehow ate, you know, 74 uh, jelly donuts in like 18 seconds or some crazy number. Anyway, a a woman ate this burger, this triple-triple burger, in 39 seconds. And I just, you know, bravo to you. And you are a proud American. So, try way back, burger. Um, just know that anybody thinks they can do a burger better or bigger. We in America, we figured it out. You know, another thing that happened while we were away, and it's a story, I heard this story probably many months ago. Uh, Never got a chance to talk about it. It came out in June. Um, It's American in a place called, I'm probably not pronouncing this correctly, in Germany, 
Tübingen. It's got a umlaut over the U, so I don't know how you pronounce that, but Tübingen, Germany. Uh, this young, poor young man, he's a young student, had to be rescued by 22 firefighters. Can you imagine this? Imagine something where 22 firefighters called out to extract you um, from something that he had become stuck in. Now, it was what was he? Get, what did he get stuck in? What, what, what was it? Was it a a a car accident? You know, they're bringing the jaws of life. Was it a cave? Was it something? Uh, no, he was stuck in a in a giant sculpture of a vagina. Uh, yes, that's right. There's first of all, also there's a, a sculpture of a vagina that doesn't exist anywhere in this country. I can't imagine seeing that anywhere. Uh, but this place in Germany, uh, it's called Making Love. The name of this is by a Peruvian artist. And it's been outside this uh, Tubingen University's Institute for Microbiology and Virology since 2001. And they, they note here in the article that it previously mainly attracted juvenile sniggers rather than adventurous explorers. Well, yeah. I imagine on a daily basis there's people going up to this statue and making like hip thrusting motions up against it or trying to like lick it or do so, you know. Typically, and it's American who, who does this, who gets stuck, right? But, but I think the immaturity surrounding a vagina statue probably knows no no borders. I think all nationalities of young men uh, are going to be stop, pause, see this thing. Huh, look at that. It's a huge vagina. I'm going to go put something in it. Well, this guy decided to put himself into it. And as you can probably expect, uh, I don't, was he trying to recreate the birth experience or was he just being an asshole? Um, they show a picture and he's in there. His feet are stuck in it. And the top of his body's hanging out. So maybe he was trying to reenact his birth. Um, whatever the case. Uh, it's a 32-ton 32 32 sculpture. And it's meant to signify the gateway to the world. And I think many of us men would agree that, yes, the vagina probably is the gateway to the world in more ways than one. Uh, the, the firefighters turned into midwives. And they delivered the student by hand without the application of tools. I imagine maybe they had to grease him up a little bit to get him out of there, but uh, I think they should have gone full bore here and brought in a, a an OBGYN and extract him with forceps over the head. They do that to babies sometimes. They use these forceps attached to their head and pull him out. I wish they'd done that to this butthead. Um, it's pretty it's pretty amazing. amazing. But the mayor... <laughs> is this guy clueless or what? The mayor of Tubingen uh, told the newspaper he couldn't imagine how the accident could have happened. Really? Really, Mayor? Because you're a guy, right? And you were probably 19 years old once, I imagine, and you had stupid... You know, 19 is the... Is, that's that's your stupid time. That's stupid. That's where you do things that are stupid. Like, if you see a giant vagina, you pause. And now, with everybody carrying a camera, you're going to take pictures of yourself, touching it, rubbing it, diving inside it, and ultimately getting stuck in it. Uh... But the guy, the mayor, quote, he says, even when considering the most extreme adolescent fantasies, to reward such a masterly achievement with the use of 22 firefighters almost pains my soul. Well, I do have to agree with him there. I think 22 firefighters is a waste of a resource. And uh, lucky for them and for the kid and for everybody else that nothing was really burning in Tubingen at the time. Uh, yeah, where, where are the firefighters? Uh, they're pulling a, uh, they're pulling some asshole out of a giant vagina. Um, they'll be there as soon as they get him out. Okay, yeah, meanwhile, you know, Half the city block is on fire. Uh, I would say only in America, but it is an American who did this. So, um, once again, proud to be an American. Fuck yeah. And that is the show. Finally, good to be back. Good to have another show out there. Um, many things you can do. You can contact the show, xfiddle at gmail.com. You can hit me up on Twitter at bishg 4 And keep your eyes open because the music show is 
just about ready, the typical traditional end-of-the-year music show. That'll be coming out probably within the next week or so, hopefully uh, before January 1. So uh, that's all I got. Till next time, adios.